Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Oh, good, you? It's been a been a hectic week this week, isn't it? <laughs> it has been quite a week. And really and really interesting because I've been learning about all these new things that I that I really didn't know much about. And you know, that's why this conversation about scope creep is 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 fascinating, right? Because it's like the plague of 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 many projects, many businesses. Uh, IT projects, you know, a few of my Facebook friends have already like commented about this and they're like, you know, Mike, Mike Brycliffe, who, you know, said scope creeps, the curse of so-called business solutions delivery. It has been for the last 50 years, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, it's it's, um, it's fascinating. I mean, obviously, I've done transformational change now for nearly 20 years and it's one of the biggest problems. And it's a silent saboteur because, People don't realise, you know, they'll start adding things in and going, oh, it's only really small. Um, you know, it's not really going to change things, but all those small things add up. And before you realise it, you're not delivering anything. I remember a few years ago working with one organisation and they were, were delivering a, a, a digital, digital product um, and they'd got a whole list of things that they wanted to consider and you know, think about for, for future iterations. But obviously, when you're first launching a digital product, you start off with your MVP, minimal viable product. So what is it you want to be able to deliver to the market that is going to be able to prove the concept, deliver value, but is going to be done in a timely manner? And you want to capture all those other ideas. You don't want to cease innovation, but you've got to be able to say at what point is it in and at what point is it in for future iterations? And I've seen, you know, in this particular organization, what they've done is they've been evaluating ideas based on, well, if they don't take much time and they don't cost much money, then we'll approve them. But obviously all of those little things add up. And as you know, I've been um, massively binging on old versions of um, Mastermind this week, uh, MasterChef this week. Oh, um, yeah. It struck me uh, when I was watching one of them that it was a great analogy for projects and, and how these things fit together and leadership which was, you know, individually, all of those things are amazing, but should they be on the same plate? Um, or actually, have you ended up creating something that's just not very nice <laughs> as a result of not thinking through what it is you're really trying to achieve? So I think for, for me, you know, having been a project manager for a number of years, it does come down to you as the project manager to control the fact that actually you've got to stay too, true to your scope. And you've got to pull people back and make them realise that actually there's not only a cost of doing something, there's a cost of not doing it. So actually understand both sides of that journey. You know, if I do this, what impact is it going to have? And do you understand that? So are you making an informed choice? If we add this little thing in, it's going to have this result later on. Because one of the main reasons that transformational change programmes are unsuccessful is because 
they allowed the, the scope to creep. And therefore, you never actually delivered what you thought you were going to deliver because none of it was done as conscious choice. It was just iteration after iteration. And all of that pulls away from that culture of change because you're going to need people to buy in to the change. I remember years ago, we had a, a massive meeting. It was a huge organization globally. And one of the meetings that we had was to be really clear on what was going to be included and what wasn't going to be included. And we went through and we created what we called the stop list. And we put things on and we all agreed in the room that although those things might be important, we weren't going to do anything with them right now because actually we needed to all focus in on what we'd put on the project list, the things that we said we were going to do. And we all understood that actually moving away from that agenda risked the agenda for everybody and that we would have a detrimental impact on the organisation if we didn't focus in on delivering the number one priority. And yet despite that, despite the fact that there was thousands of pounds worth of talent in that room and a huge investment when you think about taking those people out of their day job and putting them into a room like that to focus and to really structure on what it is that we're looking to do. So imagine then when a couple of weeks later, one of those people came in delighted that they would just implemented one of the things on the stop list. Oh, dear. That... Right. So why did you, know, you do that? Well, because it didn't take very long and it wasn't going to cost very much money. And I said, but you took the resource that was needed to do the other project. So inadvertently, you have stopped the other project from being successful because you went against what we'd agreed. And that's kind of an alternative um, way of impacting projects. But often it is those silent saboteurs that cause the biggest challenge in your success. So it's either allowing things to creep into the scope so that we're iterating as we go, as opposed to saying, right, we're drawing a line in the sand and this is what we're delivering in phase one. Everything else, let's capture it. Let's make sure we don't lose that innovation and let's put it into phase two or phase three. But actually, let's make sure we're being really clean on what is being delivered and what isn't being delivered. Um, and then the second one is making sure that everybody understands the importance of what it is we're doing and that they're able to leave their personal agenda at the door. Because in this particular example, that guy's personal agenda about wanting to have something delivered for him and his department was greater than the group agenda, which was to do the right thing for the organisation and its clients. And that can often happen as well. So making sure that we know exactly what it is that we're trying to achieve why it's important. That's probably the biggest gap I see often in, in leaders and in organisations is we'll tell people what we're doing or we'll tell people how we're going to do it, but we don't tell them why. We don't explain to them why it's important that we're doing it in the way that we're doing it. And without understanding why, we can't really buy in as human beings to under, to say, yeah, that's that makes sense. Even if I don't like what it is you're doing, if you tell me why you're doing it, then there's a purpose. <laughs> the purpose was not just to annoy me. And therefore, I'm likely to be more accepting of whatever it is that you're asking me to do. So I think, you know, really making sure whenever we're communicating anything that we tell people what it is we want them to do, why it's important that we do it, um, and then get their buy into how they're going to make that successful can be the difference between a really successful implementation and a disaster. It's, do you think a lot to do with the communication and 
I'm going to say a weakness on the project manager's uh, point of uh, management style. Perhaps they feel intimidated by the other members within the organisation and that's why perhaps they can't say, no, I'm sorry, that's not in the original brief and if you want to do that. Is it a lack of governance? What's the... Um, There can be a whole number of things, but I think one of them is often, obviously, every project has a sponsor. Um, So it has somebody really senior in the organisation that is responsible for it, that is the person who is going to get the glory if it all goes well, and is probably going to um, get the challenge if it all goes horribly wrong. Um, And very often, when you're in those roles, it it can possibly undermine the project manager if you're the sponsor and you're saying well I want to put this in so it's again it's making sure that as the project manager you're thinking about actually why is it important that I stick to the scope and it's important that I stick to the scope because if this goes well it's going to make that sponsor look amazing if it goes badly it's going to make the sponsor look flawed in their approach so having the conversation with them to say look if I put this in this is the risk to the overall project this is the potential risk to you and your reputation and actually I want to make sure that I'm always putting you in the best light I remember there used to be an analogy for many years which was it's about picking your battles and personally I think It's not about picking your battle. It's about picking your battlefield. So if you start to have that discussion in a wide group, then the project sponsor may want to demonstrate their their strength by making that decision. Whereas if instead you take it offline and say, I just want to I just want to have a quick word with you so that I can explain to you the cost of doing it and the cost of not doing it so that you can make a fully informed choice. And I'd really like to have those conversations separately. Whenever I do projects, I always ask if I can have a brief meeting with the project sponsor every week ahead of any meetings that we're going to be having. It allows me to stay on track with them. And it also allows me to manage any challenging conversations that I need to have in the best way possible, because when you go into those rooms, you are going into them, therefore, on the same page, on the same side. And you've already built up that trust, which says anything I'm going to ask you to do or say I don't think we should do is always born out of two things. One, the success of the project. And two, how successful you are perceived as a result of that. And they both are completely aligned. So if we can make sure that you know that that's always my intention, then actually we can manage through any of the challenges that we come across. So basically your goal as a project manager is 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 to make that individual a hero within the business, right? Like that's that's what you want to do. But so to sum to sum up, right, like this this can be a problem in startups, it can be a problem in any business, yeah. And without defining clearly what is in that project it, it, it it's impossible right like and it's the same for like for example if you're a marketing agency and you have a client you need to specify exactly what you're going to do for that client right so it's it's the same thing yeah yeah it makes the same thing whether it's in a project or in any form of anything where, where you're leading as we said last week it's kind of making sure that we've always got the four c's So we've got absolute clarity on exactly what it is we're doing and why it's important to us. We've got confidence that we've got the right skills 
either ourselves or with the people that we've surrounded ourselves with to achieve that and make it successful. We've got commitment and commitment is probably for me the one where Project Scope comes in. It's like you commit to what it is you're going to do in phase one and anything else gets moved into phase two or phase three and you commit to that and you make sure you keep holding yourself to account to that, that you are committed to that action. And then the last one is communication, making sure that everybody knows exactly what it is we're doing, what it is we're not doing and why we've made those choices. And then really listening to people to understand how we make it happen. If we, whatever it is we're doing in life, if we make sure that we're coming back to those four C's, we'll be successful. Because whenever things go wrong, it's usually because one or more of those is missing. Either we've lost a bit of clarity on what it was we were trying to do, or we're no longer confident that we can do it in the time or to the budget or with the resources that we've got. Or we've not committed to an action. We've kind of committed and then we've allowed things to to creep in. Other things that were important have now started to um, get diluted as a result of the lack of commitment to our direction. Or we're miscommunicating. And miscommunication, as we know, is what drives almost all conflict, whether that's in relationships, in organisations, in business or in life. Very much so. Well, that's that's very interesting, Kim. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing knowledge with everybody. And we're in the process of of creating your uh, your book, right, for for uh, for people at the moment, and that's quite exciting as well. I'm I'm kind of helping with that. So yeah, great. yeah. So we're hope, we're hoping that should be out um, next week. We're at the final stages, and it really is talking about how to find your convergent sweet spot, that balance of all of the various pillars that make up great leadership and how to help if you're misaligned on any of those. So what things can you do to coach yourself to get back in alignment? Um, So it's been received really well and the people that have been reading it for us in beta. So we're just finalising it and hopefully it will really add value to people, which is the reason for writing it. Amazing. Well, thank you. It's been great. And I'll drop a link somewhere so people can actually uh, subscribe to our newsletter because then they'll get information about the book and all the other things that we're doing. Right. Fantastic. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening in the interim. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.